mean, we, we believe that every person is unique and should understand how to achieve his or her or their dreams. And we also see that wealth managers, life and pension providers, whoever, that there was a very strong focus on standardization over the last couple of years in order to save costs. But because the wealth situation, the life situation, the financial goals, it's for nobody the same. There's always a difference. And it starts with the age, the gender, which determines expected, uh, determines expected life end. Uh, so all of that um, is so different that we don't understand why people should be drift, uh, treated into five categories with regard to strategic asset allocations. Hello, my name is Chris. I am head of content at Nordic Fintech Magazine and welcome back to another episode of The Future Of. Today we're going to be talking about hyper-personalization, which is a well-documented benefit of digitalization. We can see it everywhere in the content we consume on social media, in the gadgets we use and even in the clothes we buy online. With advances in data analytics, we can also now hyper-personalize the financial products that we buy. The proverbial segment of one is becoming a reality thanks to companies that are fusing deep analytics, technology and financial services capabilities. We recently had a very insightful conversation with Mark Mettler, managing partner for business development at Third Eyes Analytics, the Swiss wealth tech company that is making hyper-personalization in wealth management a reality. In this chat, we discuss how the hyper-personalization trend in finance is enabling customers to pursue investment goals based on their values, their priorities and their risk appetite in order to maximize the probability to reach financial goals. Learn how Third Eyes Analytics is empowering financial institutions to deliver goal-based investment products that enable people like you and me to plan for our future dreams. Mark, thank you so much for taking time to speak to us today. It's great to meet you. Thanks, likewise. All right, Mark, let's just, just to get started, tell us a little bit about, about yourself. Tell us what it is that you do and, and who you are. Yeah, so my name is Mark Mettler. I'm leading business development, uh, sales and marketing at Third Eyes Analytics. Uh, we're a Swiss-based fintech founded in 2015. Uh, I joined uh, during the seed round uh, in uh, 2017 and uh, operationally active since the beginning of uh, 2018 as head of business development. Great. So let's let's hear a little bit more about what it is that Third Eyes Analytics does, and specifically, let's focus on what's the value proposition of the company. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're effectively automating and improving wealth planning. You may know um, how financial planning works. Um, there's some downsides to how this works, and uh, we're taking a little bit of a different angle and we're automating that and improve that. So if you do a financial plan with an advisor, um, what you get is a result after a couple of days or weeks, um, one scenario, um, one specific situation. So I want to retire early um, and I need, for example, 10,000 um, Swisses um, to um, adhere to my uh, living standard uh, during retirement. Um, now, what we do is we first of all take the whole balance sheet of the client, look at the whole balance sheet. So we take a holistic approach that includes also non-bankable assets, which might be used um, to uh, achieve or increase the probability to reach financial goals. And we simulate thousands of uh, capital market scenarios 
Um, so, for example, um, we simulated also uh, the COVID crisis, uh, forward-looking in that sense. Uh, so, because we simulate so many capital market scenarios, we can really optimize uh, your assets and liabilities in such a way that you maximize the probability to, to achieve financial goals by means of a strategic asset allocation. So we don't come with a result which says you need to save 300 uh, Swisses more on a monthly basis, but we come with a result which says um, if you invest your advisory assets, 10% uh, into European equities, 15% into emerging markets, 20% into the US, plus a couple of bonds, plus a couple of cash, maybe real estate, uh, maybe alternative investment, whatever it is, um, like this, we really maximize the probability uh, that you achieve uh, your financial goals. We can still obviously calculate what you would miss uh, in, in whatever kind of capital market scenario on a, on a monthly basis, but it's really about how to invest in the best possible manner to achieve your financial goals in all possible uh, capital market scenarios. So we turn away from that approach, um, which is um, I invest based on my risk profile into a balanced investment strategy. Um, one out of five balanced capital gain, however they are called, fixed income, income, however these are called. But we hyper-personalize uh, those uh, strategic asset allocations and create really a bespoke strategic asset allocation out of, for example, 10 to the power of 40 different combinations. And we just search for that investment strategy, which is best uh, to you to uh, maximize the probability to achieve your financial goals. So that's the one part of which we do want the second core competency is uh, besides planning and optimizing uh, your assets and liabilities is effectively sustainable investing. So we've launched, uh, I would say, the first, uh, um, the world's first uh, climate change simulator and optimizer. Um, so we can show directly how a person is affected by climate change, by increasing temperatures um, uh, with regard to reaching um, financial goals. Um, so uh, that's all based on the Nobel Prize winning study out of 2018 uh, and more studies uh, which we develop currently. Um, but in the end, um, we really make climate change tangible. That's one part of, uh, of, of our sustainability or sustainable uh, investing functionality. And we can build on that, we can build climate robust strategic asset allocations, which maximize, again, the probability to reach financial goals in, 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 in very adverse capital markets and areas, integrating climate change as such. So two core competencies in short or in long, uh, however we want it, but, uh, but it's sustainable investing and it's uh, planning and linking planning uh, to the investment side uh, through optimization. Okay, so just just to recap, I'm going to make sure that I understand correctly. So, one of the things that you that that you do is that you use data to to fine tune and to increase the, the probability of, of your clients reaching their financial planning targets, uh, and and that also constrains the the risk the risk level that they undertake when they when they invest. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, we obviously consider um, the risk profile of a client as a constraint in the optimization. I mean, we have to do that for regulatory purposes. But I think the key difference to standard advisory process, and um, so, uh, we can also call it goal-based investing, the key difference is uh, we don't risk profile a client to derive the asset allocation. What we do is we risk profile the client in order to have, mathematically speaking, a constraint on the optimization. But what we do then is we really 
Um, search for that bespoke strategic asset allocation which maximizes the, 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 the probability to reach financial goals. So let's take a very concrete example. We have a client who has a lot of assets and very conservative goals. Wants to have 8,000 on a monthly basis uh, to achieve the living standard has 20 million. In a classic um, wealth management approach, that client will probably get kind of a, of a balanced investment strategy or whatever, uh, which doesn't necessarily maximize the probability to achieve the financial goals in all capital market scenarios. We would not give that much risk to that client in the strategic asset allocation because we really want to optimize that specific financial goal or these specific financial goals of a client in all possible capital market scenarios which can be an oil crisis, a COVID crisis, an internet bubble that bursts. And so we would, we would uh, result in a clearly lower um, riskiness, uh, risky investment strategy or strategic asset allocation. Um, so really focusing primarily on the financial goals of our client. All right, very interesting. Now, we know that organizations tend to struggle with making sense of the data, especially with unstructured data and when it's coming from various different so sources. Tell us how can Third Eyes Analytics help this type of organizations? It's probably less about unstructured data because um, we believe in a client advisor relationship. I mean, there are self-service uh, um, solutions which we offer as well, but overall um, the interest and the time of a client is normally rather low to deal with financial matters. So, so normally a client relies on an advisor primarily in the context of, of a, I would say, rather complicated financial planning uh, situation. So that means in a structured interview, the data is not that unstructured. So what we collect or what the advisor collects from a client is, what are your financial goals? That can be a return goal, 3% over the remaining lifetime. It can be an early retirement goal with cash flow needs. It can be a present, an inheritance, it can be a wealth goal, always want to have uh, 1 million uh, to be on the safe side. Whatever these goals are, we, we, we collect them or the advisor collects them uh, in a structured manner, puts that into the system. And then um, that data is obviously stored uh, in the system. We don't, we don't store that data forever. So and we don't use uh, client identifying data, by the way. But this is stored in our clients, so banks, asset managers, financial institutions, environment. And with that data, obviously, you have two primary advantages. So first of all, our solutions allow to motivate clients uh, to disclose more wealth. Because every input I do, if I add a third party holdings, so I have so example, my client is Bank X, uh, but, the but, but, but the end client says I have a, an account at Bank Y as well. Then we can show that, uh, that end client how that improves the probability to achieve financial goals if we input that data into the system. So you clearly have motivation for clients, end clients, to um, give you uh, the full balance sheet, transparency on the full balance sheet. And by the way, there was a recent study which is interesting. Uh, 200 clients in, in Switzerland questions with wealth above 1 million Swisses, more than 70% are willing um, to disclose um, that information uh, to their bank uh, if they get the uh, good servicing as a consequence. So there's a willingness there to disclose. Uh, so you can easily identify share of wallet and pitch for more assets. That's the one big advantage. Second big advantage is because we can very realistically forward uh, forward in a forward-looking manner project 
the different um, uh, uh, wealth um, uh, or, or wealth in, in different capital market situations. So we normally project a thousand capital market situations. That allows us to realistically and forward-lookingly calculate customer lifetime value. So that means at the very early stage in the first advisory meeting, maybe before the client has transferred assets, the advisor has an, 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 a clear indication of the customer lifetime value. And this is obviously something completely new and that obviously then also allows to, um, uh, to properly segment the client and treat the client in the best possible manner. So probably with our solution, it's less about extracting data um, from, from unstructured uh, documents and, and using AI to, to take out some intelligence, but it's really um, using data which is disclosed by a client, input that in a structured manner and making the best use of it as a consequence, uh, primarily for the client, because we can always in, improve goal achievement for a client with bespoke investment strategies, but also for the bank because they obviously get more transparent wealth manager because they obviously get more transparency on the client situation. So I think it's for the best of both worlds. Yeah, definitely. It it uh, it it's, it stands in stark contrast to what we've seen some financial organizations do with basically just, they just standardize their offers and they put customers in these very broad categories that get very similar uh, types of, of experience. Which which brings me to my next question because you've already uh, spoken a couple of times in, in our conversation today about, about hyper-personalizing the experience. So yeah. um, I believe you, you said that, that you, you have the possibility or your system has a possibility of doing 10 to the 40 uh, permutations of, of, uh, of personalization. So can you tell me a little bit more about what does a hyper-personalized experience looks like? Yeah, I mean, I remember um, like 20 years ago, probably close to 20 years ago, I was able to design sneakers online in millions of combinations. That was an early mover at the time or a first mover at the time um, that that company and I think they went bust. But in the end, it's all about hyper-personalizations. I mean, um, many wealth managers focus on um, stock picking, stock selection, mutual fund ETF selection um, uh, based on some preferences of the client. Uh, even regulatory enforced with regard to sustainability very very recently um, but nobody really focuses on on making strategic asset allocations bespoke or hyper personalizing strategic asset allocations and we don't understand that because we all know that that more than 85 um, percent of uh, portfolio performance comes from strategy and and plus minus 15 10 to 15 percent from uh, timing and stock picking. So overall, the big leverage is, is on the strategy level. And we're, as said, hyper-personalized that. So let me make a very concrete example. Let's assume a bank has two asset classes, no sub-asset classes, just equities and cash. So obviously in 1% steps, these are already 100 combinations, 100% cash, no equities, 99 and 1, 98 and 2, etc., etc. Now, if a bank has, and the client of ours has 41, uh, 41 asset classes. So that leads to a combination of 10 uh, to the power of, uh, of uh, 41 um, combinations, which we again combine with 1,000 capital markets and errors, and we just stochastically search for that strategic asset allocation, which is best for that specific client uh, in all these capital markets and errors. And that is really then, that leads to a situation that no client has the same strategic asset allocation as the other. 
And because you can um, automatically rebalance these, um, it's of no additional effort compared to having five. So you create a tailored experience, but you automate it in the backend, and that's all what hyper-personalization is about. Well, that's really revolutionary. Um, let's talk a bit about the perhaps the, the, the other side of, of this availability of data, because you, I think you, you lay a clear case of why having more data, and, and even as you mentioned, being willing to disclose more of your wealth is, is, is beneficial for clients. But there's, I guess when we talk about data availability, and, and uh, there, there's always this concern that some, some clients might have about, well, I don't really want my financial services organization to know that much about me, because that might lead them to perhaps nudge me in, the, in directions where my interest might not be their, their main focus. What, what do you say to those concerns? So two things primarily, I mean, as I said before, there was a recent study conducted by Simo, Simo Kuchu, which will be published. Uh, there was an FI News article recently. They asked 200 clients, um, affluent to high net worth clients, whether they would be willing to disclose 70% um, plus said yes. There's a similar study 2019 from Ernst & Young on the future of wealth management, uh, where they also, where, where the outcome is more or less the same. So first of all, it seems that the clients are willing to disclose in order to get better servicing. I think that's a given uh, with those two studies. Um, on the other hand side, I think data protection in the EU has significantly increased with the introduction of GDPR. So the client is in the end, the owner of the data can ask for a deletion and all of that. So I think um, uh, obviously they're also always bad apples, but I mean, first of all, it's about the client, what he or she is disclosing. Uh, well, on the other hand, um, it's, about, it's about regulation which ensures control of the data. So um, as long as, and, and, and that brings me probably to, to a topic which we should not to touch too deeply on because that's gonna be a long conversation, but it's obviously all about the alignment of incentive systems uh, in, in, in banks, wealth managers and, and the likes uh, to ensure that uh, clients are notched into the right direction and not the wrong. Um, so I think regulation helps to overcome these concerns. Clients are willing to share, um, but it's up to them. We're not extracting data in a hidden manner. We're using the data which they disclose um, in order to have a better servicing in the end. All right, let's shift gears a little bit. and. Let's talk now about uh, your presence in the Nordics, because I know that Third Eyes Analytics is, is part of Nordic, the, the Nordic Fast Track program at Copenhagen Fintech. So I'm curious to know what's behind the decision of a Swiss company to enroll in a program in the Nordics, and what can we expect to see from Third Eye, Third Eye Analytics in the Nordics in, in the short and in the midterm? Yeah. So I mean, as said, the company was founded in Switzerland uh, 2015. And the value proposition, I mean, we had, for example, um, the ESG criteria that already included beginning of 20, 2018. Um, so, so, and we had the full planning and optimization. So we had market entry effectively beginning of 2018. That was at the rather early point in time. And we felt that we were just ahead of the wave. Holistic advice was not in everybody's um, vocabulary at the time, uh, nor was uh, that planning. And what we've seen is that uh, in the Nordics, I would say these topics are a little bit further advanced. And um, we started in Switzerland. We've acquired clients first in Switzerland. Uh, then we expanded to Germany. We have also an own subsidiary in Germany. 
and then we were looking at what markets will be next and uh, we acquired a client in the Nordics and we've realized with that client uh, that the Nordics are extremely uh, interesting because I would say uh, these topics are just a little bit further um, advanced uh, compared to the Dach region uh, in Europe. Um, hence we decided to hire somebody for the Nordics and um, uh, participated in the Helsinki FinTech Forum where we made a very good experience and uh, the obvious consequence is uh, it's not one country in the Nordics, it's a couple. So um, we're, we're uh, focusing on those countries and uh, one of the key consequences is obviously then the Copenhagen FinTech Forum and the Nordic Fast Track Program. All right, well, uh, just to close, tell us what's Third Island Analytics vision? So we believe that clients should be treated uh, in a differentiated manner. Um, it should be automated in order not to increase costs. Uh, and last but not least, uh, we want to make sure and have a leverage that uh, sustainable investing um, is, or, or even impact investing, uh, where we ha also have uh, certain solutions, is made accessible uh, to more clients. And this is why I decided at some point in time to have a B2B approach to leverage our capabilities in this regard and, and uh, have, um, I would say, uh, nature or climate uh, benefit uh, the best way possible with the biggest leverage we can have. And that's B2B and not B2C. Well, uh, Mark, thank you so much for taking time to speak to us today. Um, we, we, of course, look forward to learning more about Third Eyes Analytics at Nordic FinTech Week in September. So we look forward to seeing you here. Yeah, same here. We're looking forward. And uh, yeah, talk to you soon.